Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast with your hosts, the Battle Bros, Taylor and Isaac. What's up, Isaac? Bonus episode. <laughs> that's what's going on. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Man, you always come out. Well, sometimes, no shade, you come out a little flat right out of the intro. Oh, to, I don't know why I'm like surprised that I need to say something. <laughs> yeah, because you know I could have happening. prepped for the past two weeks, you know? Yeah, but. totally. But now you caught me on the back foot because you came out with such energy. Oh, good. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Is this a, like a stall compliment? You didn't know what to say, so you're just <laughs> complimenting me? No, I'm a professional. Like, that's a good tactic. This is our 10th episode. Nice. Welcome to episode 10. Milestone. Total milestone. Um, so if this is your first time listening to our podcast, welcome. Um, this is the majority of the podcast is going to be an interview with our friend Robin, the developer of the pitchzone.com the new uh, web browser deck builder for Flesh and Blood. Yeah, and much more than that. It's a great Flesh and Blood tool Yeah, in many ways. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. Thepitchzone.com. Robin is a really great person. And I think, uh, you know, if I'm going to be so bold that me and Robin are going to be friends moving forward. Totally. I don't know about you. Whether they make a multiplayer Baldur's Gate or <laughs> yeah. Flesh and Blood keeps on trucking. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so, Robin, I hope you're listening to this. Um, if you're not, that's okay. But so, if this is your first episode, we don't tip, this is our first interview. And typically, it's just me and Isaac, and sometimes maybe another guest like Mitch, our other battle bro. And we uh, talk about a certain topic other than uh, stuff. Gosh, fell. Other than the rest of things besides (laughs) flesh and blood. That a person could talk about. (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, So, yeah, uh, just a couple other things up front. Shout out to all our Canadian listeners. You guys have pretty much been there since day one. Um, So, thank you. I'm trying to shout out all the different countries that I see on our analytics. So, Canada, it's your turn. Shout out to you guys. You're a very nice country. I visited you for an entire month a couple of summers ago. I drove all the way to Alaska. Um, So I got to see BC and we went back through Alberta and I got some of the Yukon. Um, That was my favorite, the Yukon. So if you're in the Yukon listening to our podcast, I feel like that's unlikely. Please get at us on Facebook or email us at the Attack Action Podcast. I would love to hear from you. And bundle up up there. Yeah, totally. It's January. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of daylight. Um, also, you can find us on YouTube. So um, this podcast is coming out January 17th, 2021. And we should have two more videos coming out after this podcast. So look for those. Um, there's some gameplay videos. And they're just we're just having some fun around the kitchen table over here at Isaac's house. So, yeah, look for those. And uh, you can also find us on Instagram as well. Just search the Attack Action Podcast and give us a follow there. Uh, I just took a pretty choice pick of me and Isaac and the microphone and the notepad. Maybe I'll tag the notepad in the photo. (laughs) Um, So you get to see that, and that's another way to get alerted for new episodes or upcoming content that we're doing. Um. Oh, also, we are partnered with fabfoundry.co. They're a singles website out of Portland, Oregon. 
Um, for buying singles uh, flesh and blood cards, oh, not right. for meeting other singles other, in yeah. the flesh and blood community. Although if you tried hard enough, you may be able to do both. That's pretty cool. So there's this sidebar here, right? <laughs> there's a um, this podcast I listen to. Uh, yeah, dude, UYD. This is great. They've been doing it for like almost 15 years. <clears throat> but I think one of either, it's definitely a listener, made a dating website for listeners of UID. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so you can go find someone else who listens to that show and date them. <laughs> cool. Yeah, totally. Podcast Put that goals. on our list. Yeah. If you're out there in the audience and you need something to do, <laughs> there's 50-ish subscribers, so you guys can uh, all meet each other and that sort of thing. So, um, All right, moving on. Um, I, I want to shout out, so for our recent gameplay videos, uh, we custom ordered a playmat um, with our logo and everything, um, which looks pretty slick. Um, so I think there's a number of good websites out there, but we used yourplaymat.com. And um, I just want to shout them out because of uh, just like an average image uh, we sent them, you know, not super high quality or anything. And it came out looking like really slick. And like really vibrant. Oh, I just mean not like a huge image. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and it came out pretty much perfect in every way. Like there are a lot of ways I could have been disappointed and they nailed it. Yeah, totally. You and know? we're not getting any sort of kickback for buzz marketing them right now. It's just, you know, yet <laughs> a service we used and that we would like to promote. So yeah, find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, click the affiliate link. It helps out the channel. It helps out the flesh and blood community. Those are really important things. Um, and then I think you, Isaac, promised that you would do a Riddle Me This card. So that's oh, one, of yeah. our, one of our signature segments here is Isaac brings some quandary he has about a card to the table for, yeah. for you guys to think about. Well, I've been dropping the ball lately on this one because... Uh, just there aren't any new cards out there lately, and sometimes I forget to do it. Also, um, so I what am think, I paying you for? <laughs> we didn't, uh, we didn't do any, or we're not going to do any other segments. But I promised I would have a riddle me this for the next episode, and surprises like a week later. So anyway, my card I picked is a uh, blessing of deliverance, a guardian card. Um, if it costs two, blocks for three, go again. And, um, hold on, I'm trying to be near the mic and read this. When Blessing of Deliverance enters the arena, if you have a card in your pitch zone with cost three or greater, draw a card. At the beginning of your action phase, destroy Blessing of Deliverance, then reveal the top three cards of your deck. Gain one life for each card with cost three or greater revealed this way. Nice. And, uh, sorry, that was the red one I just read. Um, the Man. blue one, you reveal one card. Right. Um, so I have a number of questions. Uh, I think a lot of Guardian players run this as a blue. Uh, is this just a blue that blocks for three? Do you guys ever find an excellent way to play this? Um, I mean, I know, so you can play it, make a seismic token, and then swing a Nothos for six, which is like a pretty good turn. Gets those two, uh, two blues in your pitch zone to, you know, bump up a Nothos. Uh, is that like better than the like seismic token and swing for six and then have two floating to threaten the pummel 
you know? Isn't Anothos the cost has to be three, not yeah, the pitch? Yeah, I'm assuming you... Oh, right. You, right, right, right. you pitched two blues that, you yeah. know... Um, yeah. uh, you know, so costumes. is that worth it? Um, if you get the red one out there, um, you know, you're already running three sigils. Maybe. You use this card, uh, but then it's like, those are red slots in your very expensive deck, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then if you run the blue, it seems like a whole rigmarole in lieu of a pummel play to reveal one card and maybe gain one health. Anyway, um, I know some players run the blues, don't know if anybody runs the reds. It seems like, I, I don't know. It could be good sometimes, don't know if it's worth it. Totally. Um... I'm unsure. I'm not a guardian player. I don't know. I mean, the life gain is pretty good and it blocks. So that's kind of nice. Um, yeah. It, it could be just in lieu of the card pool being pretty small. Yeah. Blue right. blocks for three. Blue Sometimes blocks for three. Does something. Yeah. And, and that's important. So totally. Um, so yeah, that's that segment. Um, I, I don't know. Think about it. Think about it. Get back to us, right? Email us. Uh, get at us on Facebook. I probably said that way too many times for the 10 minutes this podcast has been going. Yeah, enough of that. Okay. I just don't like when they drone on about that kind of stuff at the beginning of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, well, there's just not going to be any after podcast for me to mention it. So. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah. Uh, last thing. Click the affiliate link. Helps us out. Um, and enjoy this interview with robin right good co-hosting silent signal um so and you seamlessly switched gears there yeah i'm on point today <laughs> okay so we're gonna pitch our our tournament coming up yeah um, so every month we have a, a tournament mm -hmm. among us battle bros the our four friends who are in our uh quarantine bubble and play in person uh every month we have a uh, usually a kind of quirky rules tournament. Um, and the victor takes home the victory chalice. The chalice of champions. Right. Yeah. As the current owner, you should know its name. <laughs> Don't disrespect it like I'm that. I'm sorry. I've been whispering the wrong name to it as <laughs> I drink out of it. Jesus. <laughs> um, so, so tell us about the, this, this tournament this month. Yeah. So this month, you will be able to find us live on Facebook. We're going to go Facebook Live from our page, and we're going to do a King of the Hill style blitz tournament. So the idea is we're going to play for some amount of hours, two to seven, and whoever can have the longest win streak will be the champion. And then so every player as well gets to come with as many different pre-made blitz decks as they want so if you like you know you could show up with two different warrior lists um a brute list uh you know maybe you come in with ira you know whatever so you can just come get those lists in between games you're sleeving cards and then you try to take on the um current winner so whoever has the longest streak will be the champion and it'll be live on facebook right probably this weekend but we'll post the the times for our uh tournament on facebook 
Yeah. Um, yep. And everywhere. Yeah. So if, if it gets delayed for any reason, you will know that if you follow us on Facebook. Right. So we'll be playing probably most of a day. Mm-hmm. Um, just there's no set win streak or set time limit. Probably just going to be playing and trying to get a streak until until we're tired of doing it and somebody's won. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, you can find us there. And then it would be fun for whoever's sitting out to get to interact with the chat a little bit. So um, Right. Announce chat. Yeah. Um, so the reason we're doing for personal reasons, um, Troy cannot make this tournament. Um, and our other buddy um, can't make it down to fill in for him either. So uh, we there's just three of us, Taylor, Mitch, and I. And we thought a uh, King of the Hill Blitz is kind of the perfect format for three of us to get to play a lot of games, move pretty quickly, and, you know. Yeah, and, <clears throat> excuse me, we wanted to do, figure out something to do a live video and have, you know, see what that's oh, yeah. about. And as the, we the perfect party tournament. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. so um, we're excited about it. We hope to see you there. Um, and that's it, so... I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Robin. Um, up front, they, we had like some sound issues. So mm. to get the levels correct, there's a bit of a buzz um, throughout the podcast. I We kind of listened to it and didn't think it was too inaudible, um, but that is there, and I am warning you now. So... Um, so yeah. no complaints. <laughs> you can complain if you want to. It's totally fine. We will have that ironed out in the future for sure. But just know that's there. And we're trying our best for everybody um, and everything all day long. As we, That's all you can do is just try your best every yep. day. Just try your best every day, all day. That's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. Okay. Oh, and- we also have a couple more gameplay videos coming out really soon. Like maybe tonight. Yeah, really I said soon. that. in here. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> That's fine. Good night. Okay. <laughs> we should uh, sign off now. <laughs> we were only good for maybe 10 minutes and we're four and a half minutes over that. Excellent. Yep. Oh, and there's plenty of dogs barking. Perfect. It's a signature on this podcast, dogs barking. Okay. Goodbye. Enjoy the interview. Bye. All right. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. We are here with Robin the developer of the pitch zone the brand new deck builder uh on the internet <laughs> how's it going robin hey guys i'm doing uh good how are you guys just great yeah we're doing uh, great and we are the battle bros i guess we would say that at the <laughs> yeah, intro to this. yeah totally. the battle bros yeah Sorry, the <laughs> battle this bros. is a new, new thing for us totally. all right fire away taylor okay yeah i just uh beat the living shit out of isaac uh, we just played a game right before this. You did. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Should I open with that opening every time I beat you pre-episode? Well, it doesn't happen that often when I win, so, <laughs> so I'm going to mention it instead. Nice, let him know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> cool. Well, uh, like I said, here we're here with Robin. Um, so, Robin, tell us about your history of gaming and like your experience with uh, TCGs also. Yeah, uh, well, like uh, I think a lot of people, uh, TCG. My TCG experience started with uh, Magic, mm-hmm. um, specifically in high school. Uh, I remember uh, kind of being in the nerdy group in high school, gathered around the lunch table, 
uh, playing Magic the Gathering. Um, at the time, you know, we were just uh, uh, trying to compete for uh, lunch money and things like that. Nothing serious, but it was just <laughs> nice. a small group that we would, <laughs> you know, maybe like three or four of us. And um, from then, uh, I would, uh, I got so, actually, I actually, uh, got so uh, serious that I actually uh, competed locally for a little bit. In, in uh, high local tournaments, yeah, yeah, in high school. Oh, cool. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I had after going to college, I kind of uh, um, you know lost uh, mostly time to play. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one thing I did regret was I ended up selling my whole Magic collection to an underclassman in high school. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things that I never really thought about the uh, value of the cards. I thought of them as a, a game, you know, mm -hmm. just something that you played with. So just trying to get rid of whatever I could before I went off to college. So um, sold off my whole collection there. And um, from then, I focused mostly on online gaming. Uh, so a lot of um, role-playing games. Uh, I was huge. Um, in uh, like Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, and just recently uh, Baldur's awesome. Gate 3. Yeah, I played those a lot, um, the PC ones in high school. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love those. Um, I actually love role-playing games in general. Uh, yeah, it's kind too. of my uh, favorite thing. And um, uh, I remember back uh, when uh, the old uh, DOS uh, Windows, um, playing some of the old, let me see if I can remember, like uh, um, Realms of Arcania, the mm -hmm. old, really, really old uh, yeah. uh, role-playing games. Or like King's Quest. I, I, yes, yes. Yeah, yep. yep, played yeah. those. Yeah, I remember yeah. being stuck in, in Baldur's Gate 2, right? You like, spoilers if nobody's played this, you're like stuck... You wake up as like a prisoner, and you're in this like really scary dungeon, and you're yep, yep. <laughs> been tortured for a long time. And there's like a troll or an ogre at some point, just like rawr, comes out of nowhere and just like kills your whole party. And I remember as like a small person not being able to like get past that opening, probably thirty minutes or an hour, right? Yeah, for like so long. <laughs> <laughs> Which like I think added to the the um, experience of the role playing because then finally you get out of there and then you're just like in this giant city of Om and you're just like, whoa, this is what the game is. It's yeah, yeah, huge yeah. city with sections and stuff. So exactly. yeah, well that's Baldur's Gate. So yeah, totally. <laughs> oh man, that game is brutal. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of the appealing things about Flesh and Blood actually is like. Um, compared to a lot of other TCGs, it's like a little more of that role playing flavor. Yeah, like I think really that's attached uh, to your character. You know, as opposed yeah, to just uh, fielding an army or whatever. Yeah, you're just like, I am Reinar, and I'm going to intimidate you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's one of the things that kind of uh, attracted me to it. It was the uh, like uh, had a more of a instead of just um, magic, you know, where you're commanding. Uh, you know your your uh, forces or whatever. It's mm -hmm. more like a role playing where you're role playing the hero, and you're taking them into battle and uh, thinking tactically and strategically about uh, you know how you want to you know compete. So uh, 
um, anyway, so that was um, college, and then after that, uh, you know, I would, uh, you know, kind of go in and out of magic occasionally, you know, mm -hmm. and um, but I, I mostly focused uh, more on online. Um, I did have a a, a phase of um, where I'd play D and D. I had a small group of friends that we do D and D occasionally. Hell yeah! So uh, you know, I I I had a general like a uh, role playing background. I think is my area of interest and kind of my uh, strength yeah. in terms of my gaming. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, so, but I um, find it's like sometimes it's almost more about the like the people you're around, like. Uh, sometimes the game matters a little less as long as you have like a close group of friends to play like D&D &D or Magic or Fab or whatever it is. Right, right. Yeah, that's definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, uh, having a, yeah, having a good group of friends, you know, that you can uh, get together. I remember, you know, um, uh, in high school, we would have, uh, I would have sleepovers where a bunch of guys would come over and we'd play D&D uh, uh, &D all night. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Done and that. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that's kind of a little bit of my uh, background. Uh, more recently, uh, with my limited time, um, we have a small little uh, play group, uh, like kind of a game night with some uh, family friends. And, you know, we play uh, tabletop games, uh, things like that. I'm trying to get them into uh, Fab. But uh, they, would, I'm not sure how interested they're in in um, card games. But uh, something definitely, especially once the uh, pandemic restrictions uh, loosen, um, hoping I can get them more interested into uh, playing this. So yeah, well, and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have all our local card shop tournaments once restrictions are lifted. Right, right, right. Really yeah, help everybody just go. Play. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so I think that's a good transition into. So how did you learn or get into Fab? Also, I guess actually, right, the the people in the audience actually really want to know, like, who's your main? Who are you main in in this game? <laughs> um, it's difficult. I I, I like. Uh, I, I'd say I'd go with Bravo. The Guardian, oh, and nice. uh, followed up by uh, Dorinthia. Cool. Uh, it was kind of like my I like uh, Bravo just because of um, I like to set up attacks and like go in with huge hits yeah. that they are you know difficult difficult to block uh, with dominate and things like that. And um, I like the uh, the reactive nature of Dorinthia, mm -hmm. um, seeing how your opponent plays out and then coming in with reactions. Yeah, totally. And Bravo, you know, I feel like I Bravo is one of the characters I wish I played. So, like in our play group, we we have four people and we've split up all the characters, right? So I play Viserai and right. uh, Dorinthia. But Bravo is like the I think the best character in terms of like most personality off the page, right? Like. Oh that that role-playing aspect like bravo is definitely the person i would like to be i mean right, i am right. that swole that diesel already <laughs> but um <laughs> you know i just need to grow my hair out <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can tell he has a lot of uh, personality and character just by looking at the card 
Yeah, totally. That's kind of what's appealing to me about that character. I yeah, mean, yeah, and I like his play style sure. a lot too. But like initially, you know, getting into the game, you're like, oh, that's that's someone I could uh, be into. Yeah, and I like how opening, uh, like when you first introduced me to the game, how they're the characters are not. I mean, there's some like ranger is pretty typical and stuff, but a lot of the characters are not like very cliche. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of like how they play and stuff, like Reinar, yeah. right, looks like he's just gonna like, oh, that's the easy big dumb deck to play, but really it's like much more complicated and sequency than you know. Yeah. It, it looks like it's going to be when yeah. you like open the box. Got to sand sketch your plans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so well then, how did you get into Fab? Um, what, um, what's the yeah? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I actually got into it uh, not. Uh, I'm pretty actually a pretty relatively new uh, uh, joiner into the Fab uh, community. Um, I think it was back in October, um, and uh, I think it. Uh, let me think. It was. Um, I know Team Covenant uh, had a. Uh, they they do you know these streams, and I occasionally uh, watch their. Uh, um, daily uh, uh, streams where they played uh, different uh, board games and card games. Yeah, I watched this as well. Are, and, are we yeah. the same person, Robin? It looks like <laughs> we're the same person. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I I, th- I think they mentioned it, and then um, uh, I know Rudy recently got has been uh, Rudy from Alpha Investments uh, mm-hmm. has been really pushing it a lot, so. Once I heard about the game, and I think I saw Team Covenant kind of disc- uh, talking about uh, uh, the game and how to play it, I got curious. So I just started, um, you know, searching, trying to learn as much as uh, as I could about the game. Um, you know how it played, uh, um, how deck how deck building went, uh, all in all um, aspects like that. And uh, the more I learned about it, the more interesting it got. And then from then, I was looking. Okay, where can I where can I start buying this? And at the time, I think uh, I remember um, the uh, the Welcome to uh, Wraith Alpha was a little too expensive for me to buy in, you know, as a new uh, player. So I bought a uh, couple boxes of um, Arcane Rising and. Um, Definitely got into Unlimited as soon as that came out, yeah. and from there, I, you know, I started doing all the collecting and deck building from that. Nice, nice. Yeah, we were lucky yeah. enough. We got in in like September, late August. Maybe. I think before that, like we were playing in the in middle August. of summer. Hmm, maybe I didn't start, but anyway, we got in like just before everything sold out for a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so mean, I, I kind of get a tough time when uh, yeah. things were sold out or way over uh, priced out of uh, yeah, for just totally, uh, yeah. starting a game. Yeah, because we got it when it was still like MSRP, you know. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's nice. And then opened them all. Like a bunch of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it made sense at the, at the time. It wasn't like, you know, it was like right after we got our boxes that then like even team covenant was like huh somebody bought like all of our singles and we're out of the box 
uh, special they had. You could get a yeah. Welcome to Wraith and Arcane Rising with two promos and stuff. And so because you could get all four of the cold foil promo weapons, people bought those up. And they're right. like, huh, oh, yeah. this is like yeah. all gone, you know? And, it, and then after that, it was like, oh, yeah, now these are like $600. You're like, Jesus. Yeah. But uh, fortunately, I was able to, you know, get into Crucible before that skyrocketed. So yeah. got a, a few MSRP boxes of those, opened some of them, you know. So well, Crucible is great too because there's just so many majestics per. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they took out all the super rares, so yeah, they kind of did. They push all the super rares into the majestic. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, we just recently drafted a box of Arcane Rising Unlimited, um, and like opening that pack after, like our last memory of pack opening is Crucible. You're just like. Huh, this is it, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, there's like just a rare in here. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Fine, but, yeah. You know, yeah, totally. But it's like, I guess you're just not, you weren't prepared, I guess. Yeah. You know, the royal you. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. You know, how that is um, different. Uh, okay, well, so let's talk about the pitch zone. So yeah, tell us about. So how did you decide that like you were going to build a deck builder, and um, you know, yeah. yeah, let's start there and then yeah, we'll like um, flesh that out. Yeah, so you know, as I was learning about the game, you know, I was googling a lot, searching around, and and you have the official uh, Fab TCG website, yeah. and of course uh, you have the staple Fab uh, DB net, and. Um, at first, uh, uh, once I started buying the cards and getting a collection, I wanted a like a uh, an easy way to catalog my collection, right? Like online, and at the time, you know, you had FabDB, but I, I when I used that, it wasn't a very comprehensive uh, uh, collection manager. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was thinking, okay, uh, maybe I build my own, you know, uh, collection management uh, system, you know, for our, uh, fab and then um, so that's kind of where the idea started. I was thinking, uh, I was thinking about okay, I'll just build my own. And then um, after I had the idea, I thought, you know what? Since uh, a collection manager manager requires a database of cards, I might as well add the card database. Right. And then after that, I realized, well, since I have a card database, I could expand on that, and you know, go into a deck builder. And that's kind of where it all spawned. So it's it spawned from uh, my desire to or wanting a way to catalog and organize my collection online. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so like Excel was just not going to cut it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I started off with Excel, and I was like, this is not going to work. Um. Yeah. And so you make it sound really simple, like, oh well, I got the card. I might as well just like do this. But you're let me just pitch the pitch zone real quick. Uh, your database is like really, really slick. It's like easy to use and intuitive and it's like very fast. And, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't find one like clunky or glitchy or laggy or like anything about it. Yeah. Really um, nice. <laughs> so but, you know, uh, yeah, thanks for that. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, my actually uh, expertise in web development is uh, UI and front end. Mm-hmm. So that's the area that I. Uh, 
I tend to uh, kind of understand the most in terms of user experience. Nice. So when I build things, I try to cons uh, think of it from a, a user experience perspective, which is yeah. why you know um, try to make things as uh, easy and fluid and, and intuitive as possible. Just because yeah. I know as a user, I like to have the convenience and uh, flexibility and, and the ease of doing things that I would imagine uh, uh, people would want. So Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the thing that jumped out to me. I mean, so like uh, no shade on FabDB, but it just doesn't like work how my brain works or doesn't give me the flexibility to look at my cards in a different way and that sort of thing. And then funny enough, actually my friend Thomas, who lives in Seattle, um, he was like, man, have you seen the pitch zone? It's like everything I wanted out of a deck builder. I don't have to do this myself. And I was like, oh no. And then he like showed me and I was like, oh, well this is way easier. This is way better. I can like organize how many, uh, by like resources, by attack, non-attack, by what their defense value is, that was huge. Yeah, I figured, um, you know, uh, especially as a if you're serious into deck building, uh, being the ability to analyze your deck in, in as many ways as possible becomes uh, really useful. Mm -hmm. Like for example, when you're building a Reinar, you want to make sure all your attack cards are six or higher. Yeah. So I wanted a quick way to be able to sort through all your cards uh, um, and make sure you're kind of getting a good visual overview of exactly what you have in your deck uh, in terms of cost, uh, attack, defense, and all that. So Yeah, definitely. Um, Even the search function I found really intuitive. I didn't have to um, like input a certain amount of code or um, anything like that. I can really easy from the drop-down menus use those and then type in the name or whatever. You know, that that was really easy. It's, it's been a real joy to be able to uh, deck build on it so thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, Taylor really sold me on so like when I would deck build in this game I would uh, I just found like traditional style deck builders didn't really help me like they helped me make a list to remember what's in my deck but they didn't help me creatively build a deck like I used to or I still do like lay out all my cards and I'll have like rows will be attacks, non-attack actions, defense reactions, something like that, and then columns will be like blue, red, yellow, you know, because of uh, the complexity of the cards and their interactions in this game. Right. Um, so to just spatially see all that. Um, I would prefer to do it in person, but your website does a much better job than just the kind of traditional... I mean, a lot of deck builders will give you some analytics, but... Uh, just wasn't cutting it and uh yeah Hipstone definitely does a good job of that yeah and another thing that i i really liked about uh, when i was building this was uh integrating your collection um mm -hmm. into uh, uh into the site as much as possible so um you know if you actually are wanting to build a deck for like a, a tournament where you know you're going to lgs you know yeah. local tournament and you want to know uh, exactly what you have uh, before you start, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, splaying out all your cards in front of you. Uh, the ability to use uh, integrate your collection into the deck builder. So, the cards that are available in the deck builder are the cards that you actually own. Yeah. Uh, just makes it a lot much easier to build a deck 
then all you have to do is get the cards you know from your collection put it together and you have a, a ready to go tournament deck uh, i thought it was really it would be really nice so that's kind of one one area that i really focused on as well yeah definitely and then it makes it easier for you to like print something out to uh make it your deck registration like much easier. oh yeah yeah um yeah that, that was also important as well yeah yeah definitely and you have the um the plain text uh situation there too where right isn't that on that that's on your website yeah yeah the, just the plain text export uh, yeah, so totally. you can you know copy and paste it wherever you want mm-hmm. just a list of the cards yeah um, totally that's great and just recently i got my uh the deck uh, builder inter- uh, where it got, uh, integrated into the um, OSC mod on Tabletop Simulator. Oh, excellent. So uh, people who play on Tabletop using the OSC mod, they can import their direct directly into the mod, um, which is nice. Uh, I talked to the owner of the mod and uh, I helped him uh, integrate uh, Cool. The, this deck, deck builder into the mod, so nice. just does everything. Makes you breakfast too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, my favorite new feature now is uh, the draft simulator. Like, just gonna spend you know five, ten minutes on my phone just like, yeah. drafting cards and stuff. That has been so fun. I actually wanted to talk about drafting in general, just because uh, when I built the draft simulator. Um, I don't know if we want to save this for later, but uh, no, just drafting in general. Okay, let's go into drafting a little bit. Uh, so I was just curious, have you ever guys have actually experienced like drafting real uh, packs and cards? Yeah, we have. We just did that. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys draft as two players, right? And um, four of us. So we live pretty Oh, okay. So, all right, right. Four players. And like, so... From home and stuff, so... Right, There's four of us who kind of isolate, but just get together with each other. Yeah, so we play right. and um, draft together. Right. Uh, so when I was building this draft uh, simulator, and I was you know testing it out, testing it out, yep. I noticed it, it was actually quite difficult to get a, a full playset of thirty cards of your class into a deck. I was just curious what you guys' were, experience was drafting a deck. Oh yeah, so um, that is definitely like a real thing. Like the um, part of the skill it appears in drafting uh, flesh and blood is that every card you choose really counts. Yeah. You know, so if you like on pack four are like, oh, I'm gonna pivot to, or I guess pack three, right? There's only three packs. So if it like yeah. halfway through pack two, you're like, oh, I should pivot to another class. You're like definitely going to be adding a bunch of cracked baubles yeah. into your deck. So like the importance of the generic cards, like early in pack one, even in mm-hmm. pack two, um, those ones have more value, in my opinion, than like right. unless there's a super rare um, for a class that's in your pack when you first open it. Like I would pick the generic cards over the class cards right right yeah i noticed that i wasn't sure if it was my um ai player uh the algorithm that picks the cards for the ais Mm -hmm. but i was noticing i was struggling you know uh drafting specifically um 
when you're drafting for two to four players, mm-hmm. you know, uh, consistently, you know, barely reaching 30 cards, you know, playable cards as it was. So I was just uh, wondering what your guys' experience, um, uh, like how many cracked bubbles you're putting into your decks. Oh, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you just pitch them and then your deck becomes all cracked bubbles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Isaac got a little hosed in our last draft. Um, him and our friend Troy, who he was directly next to, both wound up like kind of drafting wizard. And then, mm-hmm. so he had to like pivot into like a pretty wonkadoo ranger deck that just yeah. then like late game was all bobbles. Yeah. <laughs> so like <laughs> okay. Taylor and Mitch are individually drafting um, Viscerai. Right. And, uh, Dash. And Dash. Yeah. But then Troy and I were competing for wizard cards. But I kept getting handed good wizard cards, so I didn't really realize. And um, instead of prioritizing generics, you know, it was too late, and I tried to, like, switch to Ranger. But it's just, like, you need to do one character and get generics, I feel like. Right, right, yeah, um, okay. And I guess try to identify what the other players are choosing so you don't... Right, you know, yeah, that was the... Yeah. Yeah, that's just uh, just uh, I was kind of surprised since I haven't actually drafted with real packs um, using the simulator when I was building. It was kind of my first experience with that, and I was just like noticing it's like, man, can I even get thirty cards, you know, of the class? Or, I mean, playable cards, and uh, so yeah, I was um, when I was thinking about it, I was kind of doing a little bit of math and realizing, you know, uh, it actually is could be difficult to actually get more than thirty of a of us playable deck uh you know if you're thinking you have 40 you have up to 45 cards three packs that you're mm-hmm. picking from in the end and say four of them are generics and um you know one equipment so you can have up to in theory you can have up to like on average 12 uh generics so you have you need to fill your other 18 slots with um uh, class cards and say I was doing a little bit of math on this earlier, but say yeah. uh, 2.5 class cards per pack. So 7.5 for three packs, round that up to eight. So you're, I'm thinking mm, you might get lucky to get uh, 20, 25. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's just interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed it does get a little bit easier the, the um, more players you have. So... Uh, when I was simulating eight players, you mm-hmm. tend to have more uh, chance of getting uh, the car- uh, class cards that you need. So, yeah, for us with four players, it was definitely like uh, it was a very tight, it's a very tight draft, right? So like, um, yeah, you could wind up with like nine class cards in a pack because of the foil slot and the rare slot. Right, right, right. But there's only going to be those four generics, and so that first pack you open you uh you know might get the other generic out of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's like yeah, yeah, right right it's like those are the most valuable cards because every class can run them for sure yeah and compared to like like we came off of playing uh destiny which drafting is you just have like extra cards yeah you so just going into this chaff. i was like yeah definitely yeah 
You'll be like, yeah. yeah, in other games you definitely are like, oh, I have 10 extra cards that like I could play, but are yeah. not as good yeah. as the other I'll 30. grab this for fun. Yeah, you know, totally. Whatever, but yeah, no yeah it seems like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, from my experience uh, drafting Magic, you know, you, you, the deck building is, uh, is focused more on cutting down on uh, what you have versus uh, this draft uh, in Fab. It's more about trying to get the cards that you want most and prioritizing uh, mm -hmm. your actual picking. Yeah, and you really have to think about, uh, you know, especially after the second round when it when it passes the direction, you know. Yeah. Then you have more information about what everybody else is picking. Right, right. So hopefully, th you know, once that happens, you can, like, really commit more to a class than another class and that sort of thing. And just a lot of other games. I mean, having four different characters... Whose cards you can't use with any other characters yeah. in this game makes it a uh, you know, yeah like mix and match at all exactly yeah so. that's that's what makes the uh, more challenging is is that uh, they're like if you think of, like there's gonna be a set of cards in every pack that you just uh, depending on which class you pick uh, are useless to you so yeah totally and and yet again you know flesh and blood is just at every level a high skill game <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah drafting. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think that's a good, like, point. Like, you know, when um, COVID restrictions lift and that sort of thing, when things can become the new normal, starting out new players with sealed is, like, way better. Because, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, you just kind of pick your highest amount of class cards and kind of go with right. that, you know. And yeah. we were talking about the uh, other day how it would be... It's just like a lot more fun to draft and then add those cards to your collection, mm -hmm. you know, whereas right. game store drafts or whatever. So we just kind of open boxes and draft them. But then like buy singles, which you kind of have to do anyway, but it's just, it's like nice when you go and pay for a draft and get those cards, you know, you get like an evening of fun and then you get some cards you needed or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Even if it's that. not in the class that you're playing, you're like, oh, I really need this for my collection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll just take the hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's like a silver silver lining when you go like, oh, and five, you know, on a Friday night or whatever. You're like, well, I got rad cards now. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> definitely. Um, we also wanted to kind of ask you since we're talking about the pitch zone and drafting and stuff. Uh, what are your plans for the website uh, moving forward? Uh, right. So. Um, Speaking of uh, uh, sealed, I uh, do plan on adding a you know, a, a sealed simulator um, after I finish up on this draft simulator. There are a few things I want to finish up on, including uh, saving um, draft decks uh, and uh, exporting to the simu um, tabletop simulator, so you can uh, oh, play cool. your draft decks on the simulator. Cool. Nice. Um, so right, so after that, uh, um, sealed simulator, um, and recently I've integrated um, a lot of the TCG player uh, card market prices into the uh, site. So I've been uh, doing a lot of a um, um, lot with the uh, card market. Hopefully. Uh, 
integrating more into uh, the collection. So for right now, you'll see that uh, when you add cards to your collection, if a TCG player has a market price for it, that gets uh, uh, calculated into your collection. So you can kind of get an estimated value of your collection. Nice, that's really handy because I, I see players um, online asking all the time, like, what's this worth? Prices are all over the place. I can't right, right. Out, you know, just looking for individual person feedback. So yeah. a more accurate database will definitely add to the community. Right. I mean, it's kind of, it's been kind of hit or miss just because some of the alpha and some of the promos are so rare, uh, yeah, really hard definitely. to find uh, accurate prices on those. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, right now it's a little hit or miss, but uh, ideally over time, as, uh, especially, especially after Monarch, uh, there'll be more established uh, a market for a lot of the cards and mm -hmm. you'll be able to uh, see a trend, you know, for see prices uh, and, and the trend of prices uh, of cards. So cool. Are you planning on like, I got a couple of questions here now, right? Because sure. you mentioned Monarch. Um, so, well, first, like, are you planning on like, uh, I, I see on there you have like, uh, latest discussion situation and stuff but is that something you want to do more is like have a whole article uh, page to the website um yeah I've thought about that um, I could see like uh, articles um, I kind of like uh, doing article series mm -hmm. where a specific uh, topic or a focus of area is focused on and um uh, kind of doing a, a little mini series on that topic, kind of. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if I want to do the whole news where I'm right. posting the latest uh, news or, or, or you know this kind of news type articles, but kind of uh, information that players would be interested in terms of gameplay and things yeah. like that. So it's definitely something I plan on uh, you know focusing more on. Uh, especially as uh, Monarch approaches and you get more people uh, kind of uh, wanting to know uh, what's in Monarch and all that. Um, definitely something I plan on expanding on. So Cool. Well, uh, let us know if you uh, need any, uh, you know, if you need a thousand words on uh, attack reactions or anything like uh, that. Absolutely, yes. You know, we, uh, we've been known how to... How to beat Taylor. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> Part one. <laughs> Uh, totally. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, everyone, there are some people that, you know, they, they have their content, uh, uh, their own content. So I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, go around asking people who have their own, you know, content channels, you know, I'm trying to find, uh, uh, you know, people who'd be willing to contribute, you know, and uh, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we're, we're interested. We would do that for sure. All right, that sounds good. Maybe I can talk more about that later. Oh, definitely. Um, okay, so then a couple other things. I I want to know like what. So how are you playing the game right now? So like you do have like a, a family and, and friends right. every once in a while. Are you playing mostly on TTS or what's the Seattle um, area scene like? Yeah, uh, right now uh, Seattle area is pretty. Um, serious about the lockdown so it's uh you know no um lgs's are, are open right. 
but uh, you know, I I play with my wife. Uh, she's not a super big gamer, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, I just try to introduce her, just get a little bit of play time in. Uh, and um, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, my uh, you know family friends, uh, you know, get together for game nights occasionally, and um, I'm gonna put you know get an effort to get them to you know play it more seriously and uh that is actually another topic about uh um actually wanted to talk a little bit about a little bit maybe a little bit later talk about uh the pve uh aspect that uh, i've been hearing go around just because i know uh it's something that my play group would actually be more interested in you know uh, as right. more of like a uh uh, tabletop gamer versus a uh, uh, card uh, TCG type player. So, yeah, um, definitely. My my wife is more of a like, uh, you know, b- a board game. Player yeah, right. She does play it. She doesn't really want to play me in like one on one card games where her decisions are directly affected right. by my decisions or something like that. Like we will play like, um sometimes two player games that are either cooperative or that have like a real um your turn my turn and we don't right. have any sort of interaction so i definitely know that there's like a hand you know there's a tabletop community right doesn't want to have that kind of conflict with one another sometimes right right that's kind of exactly how my wife is so uh you know we'll play occasionally but uh um I'm really hoping that uh, they develop this PVE aspect. And I thought about it a lot about how they could kind of uh, take a TCG, kind of combining parts of a TCG and um, like a, say like a role-playing campaign type of thing mm-hmm. where I'd imagine you and your friends would bring a hero into a campaign you know, fight against uh, enemies, uh, you know, common opponents together, um, in a, like a sort of a campaign style. But you, where you would uh, take your hero, bring your heroes, build a deck, you know, uh, based on the campaign, and then you know, go in as as a group and you know, uh, combat a common enemy. I think that'd just be a uh, uh, super fun to do. As a totally, I'm sold. We both we played uh, a lot of Arkham. And, right. Uh, yeah. Played yeah. Marvel Champions too, mm-hmm. and like I, you know, I'd be totally on board with just going, you know, azaleying the shit out of a bunch of bad guys. Sounds like a <laughs> yeah, game, yeah, you know. And uh, there's something about that cooperative game that, um, you know, it's just less competitive, a little more. Fun, right. 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 Well, it makes, it makes sense too that they would potentially develop something like that for kind of. Uh, COVID times for the rest of the world you know like we see in New Zealand like they had 50 odd people at their um, Blitz event the other day Um, but like Europe and the Americas like we can't do that so if there was like a PVE situation that would be um, quite enjoyable because then you could play it like kind of by yourself which would be right right I know they've done like the uh, beat the car situation you heard about that like yeah yeah i've heard about that yeah 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 so they've they've done that but beyond that i i haven't heard um any of these other rumors these tasty yeah i haven't uh heard much either it's just i just think that they could really uh 
uh, do a lot with the PvE, PvE aspect, and you know, uh, not only that, just build your player base from just TCG collectibles to like uh, into more uh, uh, you know tabletop gaming, mm-hmm. uh, and so. Yeah, definitely. So that that's kind of like. So then, what do you think is going to happen in Monarch? You know, what? Is, oh, what is, yeah, my favorite question. Yeah, totally. <laughs> What's coming in Monarch? Yeah. Uh, Right. Honestly, no. I don't think anyone really knows except you know, uh, uh, um, Legend Story Studios. But right. um, I suspect there can be new classes, uh, and um, I think uh, yeah, as uh, um, James White said, like Monarch is kind of like the uh, complete game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, Welcome to Wrath was. Uh, was like the the melee classes, right? Uh, and um, then Ar- uh, Arcane Rising was the ranged and magic classes, mm-hmm. and so uh, Monarch, I suspect, will uh, have all the rest of the mechanics, maybe possible uh, mechanics uh, that were missing from the first two sets, um, and some uh, new classes, I suspect. I don't know which ones. Uh, there's some that I'm hoping for, but oh, yeah, like not what? getting my hopes too high. Um, I, I would really love to see how they would do a cleric or a healing type class. Because mm. again, going back to the PvP aspect, you, you know, uh, most parties would want to have some sort of healing type class. Right. So I'd imagine, uh, imagine maybe a class that would either heal yourself or heal other party members. Um, things like that. So I'd, I'd be, that'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting to see something like a cleric type class. Um, another one that I've heard people talk about a lot is the assassin. Um, and maybe something like a, a some necromancer or something that uses the graveyard to interact. Yeah, I've been thinking more and more about that, right? That there could be a necromancer class under so okay so this is my extra theory if if you've listened to or the listeners have listened to episode nine i kind of just go off the rails about things i think are going to happen in monarch but if you look at the runeblade cards right and you look at the right. like runeblade lore we do know that they're like he does murder a uh necromancer has an encounter with one and when you look at the card Dread Triptych, that is definitely a person with some sort of wild headdress holding a dagger, summoning zombies from the aether, basically, mm-hmm. is what it looks like. And so that could be just like how people suspect in uh, the Guardian class with all those different Guardian characters, that that is another... Uh, runeblade character so I don't know if the, they'll be uh, like I guess they would be a runeblade they are holding a dagger um, but you know maybe it's I don't know Viscera yeah. the necromancer but she's a runeblade or something you know right which would mean all your runeblade cards would be viable yeah with the new necromancer character within the runeblade class yeah I see uh, so a runeblade I mean necromancer within the runeblade class yeah, that would be actually uh, really interesting. Yeah, and it would make uh-huh. sense, too, that a healing-type character could be within the Guardian class, since we don't know what those, you know, what the other hero for that class is going to be. 
as right, well. Right, right. Yeah, you know. that could definitely work. Yeah, so... I don't. Well, I, only four more months. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. I know. Personally, I don't think they're going to have new classes. I do think they are going to mm-hmm. have new heroes and new starters for those heroes. Um, right. And in those starters would be kind of the staple cards of the game, right? So it's really hard. Like, as, as your game progresses through time, you either have to come out with like a separate product that's like okay these are all the cards everybody's playing and they're since this game is like uh forever there's no rotation you'll have to somehow keep reprinting scar for a scar um the defense reactions razor reflex like anything that's from welcome to wraith that's generic you'll have to try to reprint those somehow right And, and then not lose current players because you're your new set right. has most of the staple cards from sets they've already had. So you right. so, so I think there will be new hero starters and they will have some new cards, but a vast majority of them will be like those staple yeah. cards that characters can't get. Yeah, that actually players. makes sense. Um you get I could see, you know, there's the the new starter decks uh, you know, being a mix of uh previous cards mm-hmm. and, and some of the new cards because yeah. from what I understand Monarch they're supposed to be all new cards right mm-hmm. uh, that's from what I yeah right so yeah. Um, if you're using creating starter decks to introduce new players you definitely want them to uh, get some of the older cards that may be uh, more difficult to obtain you know so yeah and then that way LGS's can be like you know can run an event where it's like okay buy a starter and get six packs right you know, and then like uh make any deck build changes you want and then you know play swiss or something like that yeah that actually makes a lot of sense um but you know i just really like you know monarch has so many like the the sets now they're like around 200 cards yeah and monarch just is going up over 300 yeah it's just which is insane. just crazy yeah i like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's God, just gonna be just so much uh, uh like any deck building you're doing now you could probably throw it off the window once monarch comes out and yeah, like, totally. you'll have to start all over with uh figuring out all the new cards and how they all work together it's just gonna be crazy yeah i mean it makes sense too that the set has to be for eight classes yeah that is true you know so it it should be should be a monster um one of our big theories is that they're going to have like a a new card type which is going to be like a battlefield so it'll be in your deck right and then Mm -hmm. you play it and then it'll have a static ability on it a once per turn action with go again or something like that that both players could utilize Oh, right? I see. Kind of like how right, right. Cokes of Commotion works, right? Like if this hits, yeah. pick X number and then both players get it. But it'll yeah, be something, right, right. you know, like it'll be a way for them to also bring in the characters uh, or like the character of the actual continent of Wraith, right? So then you're right, in the right. Wildlands and if you have less health, pay one resource to pump your next attack by one or something like that you know yeah 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 that that'd be interesting having um cards that uh affect the whole play field yeah versus just uh 
Um, it's kind of similar. Uh, kind of reminds me of the uh, uh, Gorganian tome, which like um, mm -hmm. where the more players you have, the more effective it can be. Where uh, uh, you know the first person plays it, um, you you know you draw one card, and then the next person uh, you draw more. So uh, having uh, effects that. Uh, uh, um, impact all the players or you know the whole uh, play field would be really interesting yeah definitely and it also kind of brings up the uh, whole pvp yourself i'm sold on this pve situation here i'm like liking this idea more and more you know right right um i just thinking because i was thinking in terms of how do i get my you know play group more into the uh, into fab you know and they're not really into the tcg pve a uh, pvp aspect right you know, so just, uh, you know, coming from that, I'm just thinking of ways that uh, this could expand beyond just being a, a PvP, one-on-one -on -one, uh, mm -hmm. TCG type of game. Yeah, and just being able to run different type of events, I suppose. Right, way. right, yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, well, we're at almost a year here. Isaac, is there anything you want before we get, before we get to um, our signature segment? Uh, I'll just start it off with. So, Robin, is is there a game that you guys have been playing that you'd like to share with everybody? Like <laughs> is there any a game, game that I've been... any game you love that you just want to tell everybody how great it is and they should play. Sure. How about this uh, amazing game that I just learned about called Flesh and Blood? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> ah, your plan is foiled, Isaac. <laughs> well. Uh, uh, Robin, it's been a real treat to interview you, and we're going to finish this interview off with um, one of our signature segments, Pick, Pass, Pray, where you imagine yourself in a draft scenario, and I give you mm -hmm. three cards, and you pick one of them. You're going to pass one of them, and then you're going to pray that you get one of them back. Does that make sense? So uh, pick one, then you pass one, and then you pray that which comes back. Yeah, it's like it's like a marry, sleep, kill, right? I give you like three mm -hmm. celebrities. You have to marry one, sleep with one, and then kill one, right? It's the same okay. idea, but with three cards. Yeah, okay, so you, okay. you pick one, and then you pass two along, but you're praying mm -hmm. that one of them comes back. Oh, okay, yeah. I see, I see, okay, yep. makes sense. All yeah, right. so in your dream scenario, you'll you'll do that, so. Right, right, um, okay. So we, we are now using, in our last episode, we're using your draft simulator to just, because before I had to like pick three interesting cards, but now I can just do it randomly off of the pitch zone. So um, we'll let you choose this one. Would you like to draft Welcome to Wraith or Arcane Rising? Let's do Welcome to Wraith. Okay. So we're going to start the draft here. And then, Isaac, you get first pick, so Robin gets the idea, and then I'll go last here, right? Okay. Okay, so our three cards we're going to choose are... I'm going to pick... Uh, well, he can't see it, so i got to read it out. Yeah. Yellow, Scour, the Battlescape. Well, these are our three cards. Yeah, you're, you're jumping the gun here. Well, that's the first of the three we're choosing. Okay, yeah. Okay, so first first card up. Yep. Okay, is Yellow Scour the Battlescape, right? Okay. Uh, 
pitches for two, costs zero, attacks for two, defense for two. And it reads, you may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your deck. If you do, draw a card. If Scour the Battlescape is played from Arsenal, it gains go again. Okay, so that's our first choice. Second choice is Blue Wounding Blow. Costs zero, pitches for three, attacks for two, defends for three. Uh, it has nothing but flavor text, which reads, Farmhands, villagers, and slaves, easily replaceable wretches that must be... Uh-oh. Taught the joys of obedience. Yeah, totally. There we go. Jeez. I malfunction. And then your third card here is... Yellow Raging Onslaught, which costs three, attacks for six, defends for three. And it also has flavor text. But there's a lot, so we're just going to move on. Okay, Isaac, which one of those cards would you like to pick, pass, and pray that you get back for later? Oh, I'm going first? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to pick Wounding Blow. And why is that? Um, Because it's a blue and blocks for three, Mm. which is excellent. And then because cards or cards are so scarce in this game that you know at the end when you see it again you can attack with it still. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, and I am going to pray raging onslaught comes back around. Sure. Um, because it's just a high damage blocks for three yellow. Um, I don't know of the value of scour the battlescape in draft sure Packs for not enough has a whole workaround i'm not a huge fan of that card's ability okay blocks for two great okay robin what are your picks out of those three all right so i would probably uh go with uh wounding uh, blow first. Okay. Uh, just because um, has the three defense, zero cost, and uh, two pitch. Uh, it, it, pitch. it gets a well wrap. Oh, it's the blue one. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, so yeah, then it's even better. Uh, <laughs> three defense, <laughs> three pitch. Um, and uh, so you can. Um, uh, Start off with, uh, you know, uh, pitching that and then coming back towards it uh, late in the game when, you know, two or, two or three points can make the difference in right. terms of attack. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I I would uh, pray for the scouring battle, uh, the scouring yeah. the battlescape. Yeah. Uh, I think it has an interesting mechanic where. Um, you know, if, if there's a card that you don't want to use immediately, but uh, you think could be useful later in in the game, you could uh, put that on the bottom of your deck and maybe draw something new. So yeah, definitely. Um, and with the uh, go again arsenal, you know, it could uh, set up a nice uh, little combo there. Yeah, definitely. And then you're just passing raging onslaught there. Yeah, I right passed the raging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, those are good choices. A little All parody right. there. All right, Taylor. Let's, uh... Okay, well, I'm going to pick, for my first pick, is going to be Scour the Battlescape. Um, it's basically a resource card, and it's 
ability in draft for you to kind of filter your hand into hopefully a better card in such a tiny deck I think is a really powerful ability and the fact that it has go again is uh, is really good. I mean, I wish it was kind of a red, but uh, just getting to do more than one attack if you're not a ninja or something like that in this draft would be really good to uh, start your turn with. Um, and then I do think that the card I would like to get back would be Wounding Blow for the obvious reasons you guys said. It's a blue, it's a good pitch card that blocks for three. And in a pinch, you can just sling it out there as an attack. And then I'm going to pass on Raging Onslaught. A little too rich for my blood. Um, obviously, if I was running a Rhinar deck, then that might be something I would be more interested in. But I have yet to commit to my class in this draft. <laughs> so those are yeah. that's my those are my picks. All right. Well, uh, anything you want to send us off with here, Robin? Uh, well, I uh, just wanted to thank you guys for the opportunity to come on and talk to you about uh, Fab. Um, super exciting, and uh, hopefully we'll see this uh, community uh, grow, especially with uh, the coming of Monarch. And um, uh, um, we'll see. Uh, and I hope you guys uh, come check out, uh, for people listening, check out the Pitch Zone. I got uh, lots of new ideas coming up. So, um, and um, I'm as always. I'm always uh, looking for ideas and suggestions that uh, people might have to uh, make it better. So, uh, come by and uh, drop me a message on uh, Discord, or uh, um, the website actually has a contact form you can reach me on as well. Yep. So, and and Discord has a specific channel for the pitch zone. Right, well. right. So. so you can just easily find it there. And we'll have a link. Um, we'll, we'll put a hyperlink to the pitchzone.com here in the show notes and that sort of thing. Um, so great. Well, thank you, Robin. This has been uh, a really great interview. I had a lot of fun and I'm really happy we have a lot in common. That's just like really fun. And I look forward to talking with you more in the future, perhaps having you on on a future podcast and uh traveling to seattle to get to play some games with you in the flesh and blood absolutely sounds uh great excellent well uh thank you my man and uh you know yeah thank you thank you guys yeah taylor and isaac yeah totally we'll uh we'll talk to you next time all right all right have a good one yep you too guys bye-bye